The Buffalo Bills have put out a statement regarding DeMar Hamlin. It says DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. Right. Uh, that sounds like a good. That's a really positive update. update. Uh, the neurologically intact is like a bone chilling phrase to read. Right. That, that was uh, potentially the opposite of that was true. Yes. Uh, but that appears to be a very good sign for Damar Hamlin. Uh, and again, we'll continue to bring updates. Hopefully good ones continue to have uh, come for Damar Hamlin over the course of the week. Uh, and Ian Rappaport, by the way, uh, just reported this morning that Damar Hamlin has opened his eyes, uh, which I believe is the first time he's done that since being taken to the hospital. So I, I don't know. Neither of us are doctors. I don't know exactly what constitutes as good and bad news, but all of this, at least in, seems in my mind, seems yes. like good news on Damar Hamlin. Press box transition. All right. Sort of a double uh, news story here. Lights FC will have their home opener on May 5th. Cinco de Mayo. Uh, but the USL season starts on March 11th. Lights FC are the only team in the league that don't have their first home game until May. Also announced the this Coyotes. morning. Yes. Also announced this morning, the XFL's Vegas Vipers will play at Cashman Field. And they will have their home game starting in March. Their last home game is April 1st. Okay, so you're trying to get the yeah from April to May to get the field prepared. There are the lights FC. There are playoff semifinals on April 29th and April 30th. I don't know exactly how the XFL schedule works, but I'm assuming teams will host those. So I guess there's a chance the Vipers are hosting a playoff game in Cashman Field six days before lights F season. The uh, lights FC season begins at home. Um. What, that field's going to be terrible. I mean, it's not good to begin with. What are the odds that a USL team and an XFL team can somehow combine to buy turf? <laughs> I don't know what the the price. Someone call the Rock. You'd have to exactly. Will the Rock put up the uh, difference in terms of how much they can raise? And would they want to do that? Because we NFL players complain about the turf this year. There's maybe more injuries. The although the NFL put out a study saying, oh, same amount of injuries. And soccer players always complain about playing on turf when they have to do it too. But I have to imagine they'd all rather play on turf than the oh. dead grass and just dirt, dirt just spots. straight up dirt. I mean, can you imagine if they did make a semi and they play in the 30th uh -huh. and the lights are supposed to play in the sixth? What that field would look like? It's, I mean, it, like Jared just said, it's not good to begin with. So here's here's a question. I know we're talking about the XFL and the USL. It's not, you know, NFL and Major League Soccer. It's not like box that. lacrosse. But, like, if both of these teams continue to exist, are Lights FC going to have to wait two months to play a home game every yeah, single year? I mean, like I said, I made fun, but they're the Coyotes. They're playing two straight months on the road. That can't be a sustainable That's not going to get them to the A spot that we've all, always cheered oh for to get to the A spot for the playoffs. They don't even have eight players, Ed, <laughs> let alone be eighth in the standings. <laughs> Where are the players? So Lights FC, first game in May because there's an XFL team that's going to ruin the Who field. Who had jurisdiction over this? Who 
Who, That's a good question. Who had power over this? Because there's no chance the Lights FC said, yeah, we want to wait two months to play a home game. No Carolyn Goodman's though. coming in saying, I got my football team, baby. Uh, I was about to say, who who's the Klarman? No, <laughs> Seth, that guy doesn't exist, Jared. We've determined Seth Klarman is not real. Uh, I'm guessing Carolyn Goodman was like, we got our football team. We don't care what has to happen. They're playing in the city limits of Las Vegas. Next question. Just all I'm imagining is her shaking hands with the rock and him looking at the field good. Okay, we could do a little better than this, though. All right, Jared, this one's just for you. Nathan Peterman will start for the Bears this weekend. Okay, we need a head-to-head. Who does better, Jared Stidham or Nathan Peterman? Jared Stidham. Um, Ed? So you're going to be close. Jared Stidham. All right, I guess I got Nathan Peterman. I've seen Jared Stidham play well. I don't know that Nathan Peterman's done that in an NFL game. No one's given him a shot. <laughs> Even John Gruden wouldn't give him an actual shot. Is this the ultimate tank move to start Nathan Peterman in the final game of the season when you need a loss and a Texans win to get the number one pick? Is this the ultimate tank move? Yeah, yeah. Peterman's our guy. Yeah. This is the ultimate. Yeah. Uh, this is the ultimate. Fields, we are not getting you hurt over some bull bleep. He's already hurt. The only thing that I've seen this year that's better in terms of the ultimate tank move is hiring Jeff Saturday to be your head coach. That's the only yeah, thing that's that better. got that in early. That only thing that's better is, hey, hey, we're not winning anything. How do I make a hire that's just going to blow up? And it's Jeff Saturday, which, by the way, here's the fun fact about this. The Colts are currently the fifth pick in the NFL draft. Right now, had they lost to the Raiders, they would be the third pick in the oh. NFL draft. So the Raiders, and by the way, if the Raiders had lost that game, if the Raiders had won that game, they'd have fallen back pretty far too. Might be outside the top 10 right now. Yeah, but we got all the emotion, so it went the right way. Did it go the right way? I mean, you can't you can't beat that emotion afterwards. <laughs> gave, us a lot of, gave us a lot of stuff to go. Uh, and it worked about. out. The other team's coach had a problem, and he's a guy who played the game. The other team's saying, players I don't, I don't had know a who problem he is. with it. Now I just don't know who, like anybody who commented on it, unless I know who they are, doesn't really affect me. That's Kayvon Thibodeau about uh, Jeff Saturday, by the way. Uh, the Bucks beat the Raptors last night, 104-101 in overtime. However, the Bucks led 95 to 79 with a minute and 50 seconds to play, and the game went to overtime, tied at 97. I. I had this game on. I turned away from this game. I uh, put on a college basketball game. And then I saw on Twitter, the Raptors have forced overtime. And I thought, what the hell are you talking about? They were down by like 20 with three minutes to go. Uh, this this uh, is more crazy than the 50 and 60 point games that we've seen yes. recently. This is yes. crazier than that. 150 left, down 16. And you force overtime. I mean, the Bucs scored two points in the yeah, last to minute. Yeah, get to 97. Uh, un, unreal comeback by the Raptors that ultimately didn't mean anything because they lost the game anyway in overtime. Which, by the way, brings us to the quote Giannis gave earlier in the week. Did you see where he said, My significant other told me they don't post you on House of Highlights anymore because you don't dunk the ball. You don't get as high as the young, <laughs> young fellas. fellas. How old is Giannis? Like 26? <laughs> How old is his girlfriend? He's, 20, he's 28. Like, Giannis's girlfriend is just at home being like, 
I watch this House of Highlights YouTube page, and I never see you on there Yeah, you don't dunk. They don't put layups on there. Get up there and dunk, Giannis. Uh, And I, I wish that I was friends with a, like, generational athlete. With the Well, no. (laughs) With just a generational athlete, simply so I could tell them stuff like that. Like, it's Giannis. The guy's, like, the best player in the world right now. And he goes home and his girlfriend's like, I don't see you on the House of Highlights YouTube page anymore. Because you don't dunk it. I wish I could make just stupid comments like that about somebody who is just clearly the best in the world at some sport. And just like, well, you missed a free throw tonight? What's wrong with you? You're shooting 68% from the line? Get in the gym. What are you doing here? Go back and practice your free throw. I guess if it was Giannis, they'd put the ladder in the way and he wouldn't be able to practice them anyways. Great question. All right. We're doing it again, Ed. All right. Mavs host the Celtics tonight. We're going to try to predict if anybody in the NBA goes for 50 tonight. This is the, the marquee game, though. TNT game. Our predictions from yesterday. John Morant was yours. He had 23. Kevin Durant ended up with 44 last night for the Nets. So I didn't quite get there. Do you want Luka? Are you going with Luka to get 50 tonight? No, I'll go with Jason Tatum. Oh, you stole my pick. I was going to take Jay- Tatum. I'll, I'll go Jason Fine, Tatum. Fine, I'll take Luka. Okay. So I've got Luka going for 50. You've right. got Tatum Jason going Tatum. for 50. Okay. Jared, do you want to play? Do you want to predict a nah. NBA player to go for 50? No, nah, mostly because I don't know who's playing. what's playing tonight. Okay. I mean, you can pick like Jalen Brown. Okay. That's okay. fine. <laughs> Give me Jalen Brown. Give me the field. You can have the field. Oh, you That's can fair. have the field. You yeah, can have the exactly. field. Uh, uh, we'll see. You could have taken Chris Wood. Um, that I honestly, that was the name that popped in my head, and I went, don't do it. Don't be that stupid. Mark Stein reported yesterday that if the Mavericks can't come to terms with Christian Wood on a new contract, they are widely expected to explore the trade market for him. The NBA trade deadline is February Ninth. Christian Wood is a free agent at the end of this season. So if the Mavs can't re-sign him, then they basically would be losing him for nothing if he walks as a free agent at the end what of the season. What kind of deal is Chris Wood looking for? That is a good question because he got the fairly big deal from Houston yes. uh, a few years ago. He's very clearly a you know fourth or fifth best starter or sixth or seventh man type of player, right? He's, he's a good player, but not by any means a star player in the NBA. If you're signing Christian Wood, you're signing him to be what? If you're a title team, he could be as probably as good as your fourth best player. Yeah. If you're just a fringe playoff fringe team, player, he maybe could be he's the third. third. The Mavs are in a very weird spot. Third where player in the NBA makes a lot of money. It does. So he's probably getting a pretty good next contract. And I would be curious to see... If the Mavs trade him, if there is a contender that's like, we'll go get him for a half-season rental. Mm-hmm. He can be our, I don't know who has a need exactly for what Chris Wood would bring them, but it's a fascinating Tristan player that Thompson. he might end up as a on a good team with a chance mm-hmm. to actually win something this year, which is funny to say, given that he would be leaving Luka Doncic behind, because that should be a team that has some a chance to win right. something. But do they? It's the Mavs and... They're, they're considering trading one of their top like three or four players at the deadline instead of actually going for it with Luca. Kalong told me a couple days ago. I, you gotta get rid of this echo. It's actually timed out. Well, <laughs> can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs>
The Red Sox signing Rafael Devers to an 11-year deal worth $331 million. Devers currently 26. This deal doesn't actually kick in until the 2024 season, so he's got 12 years left with the <laughs> Red Sox, uh, which only takes him to 38, by the way. Doesn't even get him into his 40s. Um, here's my main question, though. Red Sox uh, didn't pay Xander Bogarts. No. They didn't want to pay Mookie Betts and traded him to the yeah. Dodgers a few years ago. Why now pay Rafael Devers? Is this too little, too late? I mean, Devers is very good, and maybe they... I know when they traded Betts, it was ownership saying, we've got to get under the luxury tax, and their GM was like, well, i got to trade this guy, and they got rid of David Price's money as well in that deal. But it just feels just weird to be me. like, we're not going to pay Betts, we're not going to play pay Bogarts, but we are going to pay Devers. It, yeah. I don't know, it, it feels kind of like the Colorado Rockies when they signed Chris Bryant last year. It's like, okay, why? Like, got to do something for the fans. I guess, but like the Red Sox... Uh, well, they're in a really. If the Red Sox were in like any other division, you'd be like, "Oh, they could make a wild card spot." They probably won't in the AL East. No. But the Red Sox aren't like bad, but they're not really contending. It's just very, very weird to have that a team. he's the one they picked, right? That it'd be. I mean, he's probably eh, he's probably better than Bogarts, but it's very weird to just be like, "We're not going to pay Betts. We're not going to pay Bogarts. We are going to pay Devers." It's weird to sort of pick and choose who you get because it's it, the other part is if Devers had signed like a six year deal, you'd be like, "Oh, okay." Like, they didn't want to go the 10-plus years, but they gave him an 11-year. It's just very weird to have a team that sort of picks and chooses when most teams are either we're not giving any deals out at all or we're giving everybody a deal. The Red Sox are somewhere in between, and it probably won't go very well for them. Coming up next, we'll jump into the Raiders because Devontae Adams wants to stay. Great. Feel great. Yeah, yeah. You guys all set? Thank you, guys. Have a great day. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, coming up later in the show, Golden Knights tickets as they take on the Edmonton Oilers. Also, we'll have tickets to go see Soul Collective in a few minutes. Uh, so, Collective Soul. Collective Soul. Sorry. Uh, Soul Collective sounds like a uh, knockoff video game for Dark Souls. Okay. Uh, so yesterday, Devontae Adams talked, and he talked about staying with the Raiders. He got asked about if he wants to be a Raider next season. Yeah, definitely. My dream was to play for this team before Derek Carr was here. He also did say he wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Derek Carr. Um, here's a question for you. We heard Derek Carr say in the past he would retire rather than play for another team. Now that he doesn't really have the option to play for this team, Derek Carr is not going to retire. Do you believe what Devontae Adams said as 100% truth yesterday, or is it clouded by the fact that he is currently a Raider, has still a game to play with the Raiders, and isn't going to come out and say, I want to be done with this team when he still has a game to play with the Raiders? I think it's both because I think he is from he's from California. He's closer to his family. He's closer to where he wanted to be. I think there's some to that. But I also think he's going to be very interested in who the quarterback is. And he's going to want, no matter what he says, he goes, I'm not management. He's going to want to be involved in that decision. I think he will be involved in that decision, at least to where they'll keep him updated on what they're thinking. So 100% all in. I don't think he can say that now and mean it, given he doesn't know who's going to be throwing him the ball. So, okay, let, let me, let, let's play out the hypothetical here, because like we can assume if they land Tom Brady, Devontae Adams is going to be happy with that. Yes. He'll be like, all right, I'll play with Tom Brady. But let's play out the hypothetical of they don't land Brady, they don't land Rodgers, they don't land Lamar Jackson. Do they land Garoppolo? If we do it with Garoppolo, 
Is Devontae Adams like, yep, great. I'm back mm-hmm. with Jimmy Garoppolo. Eh, I don't know if he's great, but I don't know if he'd force a trade after Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he would either. I think he'd look and say, okay. Especially if he was convinced of the other offseason moves made the rest of the team better. Right? Like if, if he was... Offensive line, defense, Yeah, if he was like, places. oh, they actually look like they improved. Yeah. Which, to be fair, they looked like they improved last offseason and didn't. So let's take it a step past Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't get Garoppolo either. They bring back Jared Stidham, and they draft a quarterback. Whether it's the first round, whether it's me telling you they're going to draft Max Duggan in the third or fourth round. I don't know. Stidham was pretty good to him last week. Let's see what he does this week. If he has another week like that, he might want Stidham ahead of all those guys. <laughs> he might be like, Tom Brady, who? who bring who's back Brady? Jared Stidham. So that's... that's and because It'd be like when Randy Moss said, I, the best play guy to ever throw me the ball was Jeff George. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was just like, Jeff George. So that to me is the interesting part because Devontae Adams can't truly force his way out because if, if you're the Raiders, you're taking on a big dead cap hit if you trade Devontae mm-hmm. Adams. Like if, if they, in all honesty, if they trade Adams, yes, they would probably get something significant in return, but they'd be taking on a dead cap hit and they already have the first or second most dead cap hit going into next season, they're probably not going to be competitive next year if they have to trade Adams and take on a dead cap hit. So I'm I'm curious to know how much can Adams actually push the Raiders and say, I want in or I want out. Because if I'm the Raiders, I don't think I have any motivation to, to trade him, right? Like either, either I'm getting Brady, Rodgers, Lamar, and they're obviously coming because Devontae Adams is here. And, and he's fine him. with any of them. Right. Or even if they're getting, you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo level of a, hey, this guy's a starter, but not great type of quarterback. In which case, if I'm the Raiders, I want, if I have Jimmy Garoppolo, I need him to throw the ball to Devontae Adams. I can't have Jimmy right. Garoppolo throwing the ball to Mac Hollins and, right. and whoever else they would get. And also if I'm the Raiders and I draft a quarterback, whether it's uh, I move up and get one of the top guys, whether it's Anthony Richardson in the middle of the first round, whether it's Max Duggan in the fourth round, I, I want the rookie throwing to Devontae Adams. So, like, there's just, to me, there's no real uh, logic to why the Raiders would not want Adams. So even if Adams wasn't happy with their quarterback decision, unless he holds out, he's playing for the Raiders right. next year. Like, I just can't That'd be envision, the only option you'd have. I just can't envision a scenario where the Raiders don't want Adams next year and given that he'd have to get out of his I don't, I don't I don't know what he would do that would convince the Raiders like I guess he'd just simply not show up but he's not going to do that he's he's going to get paid as long as he's got he's actually got the same clause as Derek A Carr. 31.4 million dollar dead cap it yeah that is outrageous right and and listen if you're the Raider I, I would say one motivation to trade Adams you decide you're not going to be good next year You decide, we want Caleb Williams. You decide next year is not a competitive year. We cannot build a team to win the Super Bowl in 2023. So let's trade Adams. We'll eat the 30-plus million dollar dead cap hit next season. We're not planning to be good anyways. That's fine. Give us whatever draft picks, and we'll use those to get young players on cheap contracts. And then in 2024, hopefully you got a Caleb Williams-type quarterback and Maybe that's your franchise quarterback. Right. That that would be the one way that it would Taking make sense. Taking a chance. But there's, I cannot imagine the Raiders would do that. No. I cannot imagine I Josh I can't imagine Josh McDaniels going to Mark Davis and explaining that right. to him. Because the, the other key here, and we talked about this a little bit, um, 
in the this past offseason. Josh McDaniels can't really afford a rebuilding period. Like he's a he's a second time head coach, and the first time was a massive failure. And especially now that he went for it in year one and it didn't work out. He can't really be like, well, give me two years. We'll be bad for two years, and then I'll be good. We'll maybe get the franchise quarterback. If they're if they're bad next year, he's probably fired, right? Like, and and it, at at the most, if he's bad in year two and in year three, he's surely fired then. Right. But I have to imagine, like, if this team, if they go for it, right, even if it's not Brady, but if they go for it in 2023 and they finish with seven wins and miss the playoffs, he's he's almost certainly fired at that point, right? Two years in a row of going for it and not getting there? I don't know. You're going to, I guess we can have the same conversation next year and you tell me there's just no way Mark Davis fires him. But that would seem to me be enough evidence that he is not going to work out. Is there anyone uh, like outside of this going, maybe just go ahead and tear it all down because it constantly feels like you're bringing a spoon to a knife or to a gunfight when you have Mahomes and Herbert in the division. You need to go for zero wins, not seven. That's what we just said. Yeah. No, I know, but I'm literally saying like full on. Yeah, that's what we just said. No okay. one, I don't think anyone at this point in that organization thinks that's that way. What, that's what I was thinking. I don't think, I don't I don't think, think Mark Jared Davis was, thinks I don't think Jared way. was listening to the conversation okay, for the fine. last four minutes. I don't think Mark Davis thinks that way. No, no, Mark Davis doesn't want to do that. Josh McDaniels doesn't want to do that. They want to be as good as possible, and they're, they're, they're not going to be a Super Bowl contender next year. I, if they get Brady, are they a Super Bowl contender? Well, what else have they done to the team? Have they done anything good to the team? Have they done anything else here? to the team? I mean, I have zero faith that they do anything else good for the team. Well, then they wouldn't be a Super Bowl. I don't think they are either. And here's the thing. If they get Brady, are they paying Brady $6? If they get Brady, they're paying Brady something. Right. Like, they're not going to have nearly as much space to go do anything. So I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender, even with Brady or Rodgers or Lamar Jackson, whatever quarterback you want to put in there, unless it's like, oh, Mahomes suddenly hates Andy Reid and wants out. I don't think they're going to. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Yeah. All right, coming up next, Darren Millard joins the show. Spins in, into a crowd, passes to the corner, catch and shoot three for the lead. Grayson Allen sticks it with a cold-blooded three with the nerve of a cat burglar. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Joining us now is Darren Millard. Hi, Darren. What's up, Maroon? Oh, we're back to the Maroons. Oh, yeah, I like being called right. the Maroons. I think that's one of the better it's been nicknames. Yeah, it's been a while. It's a good one. Um, uh, Jack Eichel, be back tonight for sure? Uh, well, hopefully. It uh, depends on how I responded to his uh, first uh, full practice and being out there with the, with the complete group yesterday. But I thought Bruce Cassidy was as encouraged uh, and optimistic as uh, as you can be as a head coach without saying definitively that the player's in. Uh, so, uh, barring any unforeseen situation, I think Jack's back. Did you read into anything into the line combinations that had Eichel in the third line with Smith and Waugh? See, that's the interesting part. Is is it the third line? Well, that's the what they line? that's what they tweeted. Or is it... <laughs> Go ahead. That's what they tweeted yesterday. That was uh, it was just practice line combinations they tweeted. Yeah, it's uh, but uh, it's in it's in that order, I guess you could say. But uh, I don't know whether that's the second line or whether that's 
the third line, or like it, the, the way they've spread it out, uh, Ed, is uh, I, I think it's it's very much a um, pseudo top nine uh, as opposed to one, two, three. Now uh, the the Stone Stevenson Amadio line, the way they produced, uh, they are they are the first line right now. And I think eventually Jack does find his way back into that mix. And, and Chandler Stevenson, who's played half the year on the wing anyway, even though he's a natural center and has produced very well uh, on the wing when he's been there, uh, I, I foresee uh, number nine joining that, uh, that, that trio. Unless, of course, Emmanuel keeps producing and it forces Bruce Cassidy's hand, which is what's happened right now. Uh, normally, a player leaves the lineup, a star player, he returns to the same place that he was before. But uh, that that duo or trio is, is just going uh, great gangbusters right now, and it's impossible uh, when you're changing up your other two lines uh, to, to necessarily put him right back in there and, and mess with a, with a really good thing. So uh, I, I, I look at it as a top line, nine right now, but, uh, but I think it's also an opportunity with with uh, with Jack uh, playing in a different spot to try and get some offense, uh, more consistent offense about uh, out of your third line in that top nine, if that makes any sense. And and uh, I don't know whether it's Carlson's line or or Jack's line, but uh, I I do have uh, difficulty saying that Jack's on the third line. <laughs> what? Uh... What have you seen from Michael Amadio? What has impressed you the most that has led to his goal-scoring outburst in the last few games? Uh, he's not afraid to uh, take the puck and shoot it and, and, be in, and be in the right spot. Like He's as, as sort of away from the puck to get himself in, in the right position and up in the play and be able to generate uh, options uh, for Stevenson and Stone. So that's that's the part that uh, intrigues him the most. And when he gets it, uh, Tyler, he's not hesitating at all. And uh, and you play with with great players, you're you should get opportunities. It doesn't always happen, but you should get uh, get a lot more looks. And he has taken advantage of a lot of those looks. And in in other cases, he's just been really really uh, perceptive in reads and and being in in better spots and more advantageous spots for Stone and Stevenson themselves. We've talked about it a lot. When Marcia so comes back and they're essentially all healthy, the way Amadio's played, Cotter, have they earned the right over Phil Kessel? Well, I don't know whether it's uh, over Phil Kessel. It's probably along with Phil Kessel uh, right now. Now, now Cotter, Cotter has only played a handful of games before this year. Uh, Ed, so so keep in mind that uh, that when he comes back, it's not starting over by any means. Uh, he has uh, he's done great value in in what he's done this year, but there's a prove yourself uh, again, and then and show the coaching staff again uh, that uh, that you're playing in 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 the lineup, and uh, and and you look at, at Marsh, so like he's. He's going, and uh, that'll be the interesting part. And when you, the earlier question to go back to to that about uh, Eichel playing uh, where he is right now, uh, the, I think the lines are juggled again when when Marcheseau comes back, uh, at least uh, tweaked uh, significantly. Does he go straight to where Nick Waugh was yesterday, 
on the wing, and Wow moves back to this familiar spot between Carrier and Colasar. Looks like the most uh, uh, easiest place to without uh, with the least disruption. But uh, I've, there's there's another level here of the uh, of the Tetris game. So this is uh, a little bit more, or it's kind of the same question in terms of: Do you want the depth, or do you want to load up your top lines? Right. Ultimately, when we get to you know towards the end of the season and into the postseason, do you think it's important to keep Carlson Smith? and Marcia so together, or do you think that they'll be fine and it might be in the best interest of this team to have them broken up so you have more depth throughout the lineup? Okay, it, it makes sense to split them up and play them throughout the lineup, uh, just logically, because there are three great players. If you can do that and if you can spread it around, it gives you uh, an opportunity to roll over lines and be dangerous virtually on every shift. Uh, I don't think it happens because every coach has tried it, and and even Bruce earlier this year uh, went down that path, and they always find a way to get back <laughs> together. And so uh, I think um, there's two parts of it. Logically, it's it's right there in front of me. Yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Spread them around. But uh, I'm, I'm now to the point in, in watching those three players uh, where I just assume that whether it's five games, whether it's two games, whether it's ten games, they're going to end up back together because that's the way the universe works. You know, talk about the injuries and everything that's uh, they're missing or lacking right now, and you still look at the standings and they're first in the Western Conference. Well, I guess what does that say? It's impressive resiliency. Uh, I think it uh, it's good uh, experience from a year ago coming to the forefront and being able to make contributions. And and you saw that with Mirmano when he was in the lineup. Uh, you've uh, you've certainly. Uh, witnessed it in, in the likes of Logan Thompson, who wasn't uh, even a regular player uh, a year ago at this time. He just make, made his first NHL start, and, and now he's your number one goaltender with, uh, with a significant upside uh, with his career. Uh, Paul Cotter had that those seven games last year, and now he's coming back, and we're, we're talking about him like, uh, like a, a proven veteran. I think that's where the big strides were made over uh, a situation where, like, to me, it feels different than a year ago. It, it does. There was more desperation, more clinging to it, uh, whether this year it's because we're used to it or because those players that we saw a year ago uh, have a lot more experience and have been able to contribute a lot more. Uh, probably both are, are right on the money, but, uh, but I'm leaning towards the latter. It, true or false, Logan Thompson deleted his Twitter to avoid seeing your tweets. I don't tweet a lot, so I don't <laughs> think that that's the case. Uh, uh, that's certainly, um, if, if it was me that was bugging him, he probably would have mentioned something uh, a, a couple of times. All it, takes is one, all it takes is one or two tweets a month, and you got to just get off Twitter because Darren Millard's talking too much. That's really all it takes. I would say that you are mar, far more in that category than I am. No, I've never, and Ed, I've and Ed's never super annoyed friendly. somebody. Yes, Ed's positive, yes. and Ed's uh, talking about his articles, <laughs> and there's no controversy there. So the uh, the finger points straight at you, Tyler. I have never said anything bad about anybody on Twitter, including you. No, but you, 
but but you just you just have this way of saying something, and it's so <laughs> contrarian or so picky that uh, that it ends up bugging. If even if you don't care what you're talking about, you're like, what's that guy talking about? He bugs me. You know what it is? It's twist the knife guy. That's right. Yes, hundred totally. percent. Twist, twist the, the knife, knife guy. guy. Uh, he gets to be talking about a Toyota Supra from back in the 80s, and he's got this weird comment about it. And I'm like, I don't even remember the Toyota Supra, but uh, that that bugs me. I don't because you're very old and I'm not, and I don't know what a Toyota Supra is. He's Darren Millard. You can hear him on the VGK Insider Show. Also, you can see him on your televisions on AT&T Sportsnet for pre-post and intermission during Golden Knights games. Darren, thanks for coming Thank you, buddy. On. Two of my best of friends, uh, two great Maroons, and Ed, have a great weekend. You too, buddy. Yeah, hey, buddy. I'll, I'll have a great weekend anyways. That's fine. All right. We got tickets to give away. We got a concert coming up. If you want to go see Collective Soul, we got tickets for you. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Collective Soul is playing Saturday, January 14th, Pearl at the Palms. And we got two tickets for you. Uh, 702-364-1100. That's the phone number. The caller number four right now at 702-364-1100. There's an idea percolating that would go like this. First week of the playoffs would be NFC wildcard only and Bills Bengals. Second week of the playoffs would be AFC wildcard once we know the final seeding in the AFC after Bills and Bengals play. Then divisional round for everyone, AFC and NFC, the following week. Then conference championships, then Super Bowl. You would just wipe out the week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl that currently has nothing other than the Pro Bowl games, whatever they're going to be. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. People have come yeah. up with the dumbest well, ideas. Well, it seems like there's a lot of moving parts on that one. <laughs> You're Can we not get... just do winning percentage? <laughs> seems like there's a lot on that on that uh, suggestion that would have to happen for them to pull that off. People have the dumbest ideas. How pissed off would Vegas be that's like, yeah, we're just not doing the, the Pro Bowl. Oh, cool. Thanks. <sighs> just some of the dumbest ideas. Um, and that's not even the dumbest one because yesterday... Benjamin Albright was on KOA in Denver, and he said that there's a possibility they would call the Bills and Bengals game a no contest and then decide the AFC seedings with a random number generator. Some machine's going to decide it? I guess. I don't know. You can just go to Google and type in random number generator. Yeah, I was about to say, open a tab on your computer and type in random number generator. And just be like two numbers, two-sided dice, a yeah. two a coin. Why would it's, I go two-sided <laughs> dice? It is <laughs> got to be the dumbest. A random number generator to decide the one seed. That's a, like here's the possibility is that we're gonna end the year, end week eighteen, I guess, and the Bills could be fourteen and two, the Chiefs could be fourteen and three, and Cincinnati could be thirteen and uh, no twelve and four. And you'd have three different records, and we're going to do a random number generator to decide who gets the one seat. Like, that's just stupid. Like, I can't imagine who came up, who even had the idea of what if we, what if we did a random number generator, guys? That's the least fun, Flip least a coin. smart. Which one has 13? Uh, well, the Bills, if they win, are 14-2, and, and Kansas City, if they win, are 14-3. and three. 
And then Cincinnati, if they if they win, they would be twelve and four. So nobody would have thirteen wins unless Kansas City or Buffalo loses. All right. The twelve gets the one seed according to my generator. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredibly stupid. And it may like if they're going to do something dumb like random number generator or flip a coin or draw straws. Ooh, I like draw straws. That's my new favorite. Let's do that one. Forget about the drawing of straws and the random number generator. They need to do rock, paper, scissors between the quarterbacks. No. They need to do uh, roll the dice between the quarterbacks or fly all three kickers to some indoor locate. Maybe outdoor would be more fun. And just have a field goal shootout. To Play see, war with cards. To see who, yeah, uh, I'm on board. <laughs> but war. here's the key. Televise it. You give me you give me Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow playing rock, paper, scissors for the one seed. Oh, oh, board. oh the Friday Wait. Night Lights movie, you could flip the coins What's... and then go to the, it hits the wall and whoever's odd man out is odd man out. Oh, see, and what I want is, what's that thing Dana White just uh, uh, <laughs> invested in? The slap contest? Oh, boy. You want me to make that joke again? I just made it yesterday. You're bringing it up. Yeah, it's called a callback. Uh, there's no way they can do a stupid random number no, generator. No. If I you're going to do... Did you even know what that was? Yes. Yeah. If you're going to do... You act like I have never played D&D. <laughs> if you're going to do something like that's just game of chance, roll the dice or whatever, you, you need to actually have Mahomes roll the dice. Like I need and they to have see. to be those huge big dice. Oh, oh yeah, that'd be great. It can't be regular just dice. It could be those huge. Oh, like, kick yes. them, and they fly across the floor. Oh, my God. Well, the Bengals are in, but Joe Burrow is injured because he, <laughs> he, he, kicked the, the, he kicked the dice too hard. He broke his foot kicking the kicking dice. dice. Like, 100%, that's what it needs to be if they're going to do something as stupid as a random number generator. And by the way, if we get to, if we get through Week 18 and it's Bills 14-2, and two, Kansas City 13 and 3 or 14 and 3 and Cincinnati 12 and 4 then you can't just put all those teams and give them the same chance like there's no reason no. Cincinnati should have the same, same odds as Buffalo, Buffalo. to right. get the one seed you'd need right. to like Buffalo gets to roll two die I don't know gets to roll it twice and they take their highest number <laughs> and Cincinnati only gets to roll it once I don't like it's just so it's the dumbest idea you could come up with and I'm trying to make it to where we could put it on TV and it'd be fun. Like that like in all honesty, if you want to make like a TV event, the Wednesday, well, maybe they'd have to do it sooner than that. Ooh, celebrity pickleball. Tuesday night after week 18 is done, maybe you could do it even Monday night and make it a television event. Be like, "Hey ESPN, you all have them from where they're at." Yeah, here's different screens right. from where they're at. And here we 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 sent a giant dice, dice to Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. And and one, two, three. When you hear three, you have to roll it. <laughs> and all of them are going to go kick the giant dice at the same time and see what it ends up on. And that's what we're going to get. Like we, it needs to be. If you're going to do something as stupid as this, it needs to be televised, and that needs to be how we figure this out. And I and give Buffalo three rolls, give Kansas City two rolls, and give Cincinnati one roll. And whoever has the highest single is role. the one seed. And now, if the they tie seed. on the rolls, then it is a. <laughs> then we have a tiebreaker. Then they have to have uh, do rock paper scissors on each alternating day until a winner is decided. <laughs> 
There have been some absolutely horrible ideas. The simplest idea. Don't play the game. Winning percentage. Sorry, Kansas City. You don't get the legitimate shot to get the one seed if Buffalo wins. That's that's the end of the... That's it. Like, this isn't like, oh, a game got moved because of a hurricane. Right? This is the second to last week of the season. Somebody almost died on the field. Sorry, somebody's going to get screwed out of the one or two seed in the AFC. Every They'll be fine. The The Chiefs will, or if the Bills yeah. lose, the Bills will be, whatever. They'll be fine. Go by winning percentage. It'll be, that's and the end this. End this. easiest way to do this. But I'm on board for any dumb well, we're ideas. we're on board for the big dice. And, and I'm not on board for NFC wild card round. Then the next week, the NFC is wild card round. 